The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present Terry's Mysterious Moments. Welcome to Season 2 of Terry's Mysterious Moments. Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you find something interesting. Or maybe something spooky. Or maybe something just... Mysterious. Good evening, everybody. This is Terry from Texas with another episode of Terry's Mysterious Moments. I recently received an email from a new listener, Alana. And Alana, welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments and the RPA family. And Alana sent in a personal story with a promise for more. So in honor of this being the last show of Season 2, we'll begin with Alana's story. This is what she wrote. Hi Terry, I'm really enjoying your podcast and thought this would be a great chance for me to share my story. We're all familiar with the film Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The title, of course, refers to the Hynek scale, which classifies various types of UFO experiences. In 2009, the film The Fourth Kind, starring Mila Jovovich, came out. I was watching TV one night when the trailer came on. It featured a close-up of a barn owl face, slowly morphing, its eyes elongating and growing, changing into the face of an alien. As I watched, I was startled, and a memory instantly flashed into my mind. I recalled a dream I had around 1979, when I was five years old. It was a dream that I will never forget, and up until the moment that movie trailer aired, had never told a soul. At the time of this dream, I was living with my grandparents and my aunt after my parents divorced, 
on their farm in rural Wisconsin. The dream was very short and simple. I was walking side by side with a gray alien, slightly taller than me. There was no sound, and I can't recall any of our surroundings, just it beside me. A moment later, I'm lying in my bed, and it is standing over me, staring as I lie there, frozen. As I'm looking at its big dark eyes and white gray face, it suddenly starts to blur and change, and I find myself waking up, staring across the room at a picture of a white cat with dark eyes on my wall. It had morphed just like the owl and alien in that fourth kind trailer. I just remember feeling terrified about whatever that thing was in my dream, and my heart was pounding. Given the era and my age, I doubt I'd ever seen or heard anything about aliens or UFOs to put them in my subconscious. This was before aliens were all over pop culture, and we literally had three channels we could pick up on the antenna out on the farm, so I can't imagine I ever saw them on TV. Well, as it turns out, this was not my first encounter. I happened to be with my mother when I made this revelation after seeing that movie trailer, and I told her about my dream. We agreed it was pretty creepy. Then she asked me, Did your dad ever tell you about the time we saw a UFO? And proceeded to tell me about an encounter they had while driving from the same farm where I'd had the dream to my great-grandparents' farm, which is about five miles away. I was a baby. This was about 1974. And was in the car with my parents when they saw lights hovering over a field in the distance. It followed them as they drove and stopped when they stopped. At one point, they both got out of the car to get a look, and it bolted overhead and was gone. She said it was completely silent, and she had never seen my father so frightened in his life. She had never told anyone. The next time I saw my dad, I asked him about it. He laughed uncomfortably and said, Wow, I had forgotten all about that. I never told a single soul about that night. Then told me the exact same story, almost verbatim. My aunt now lives on the property that had belonged to my great-grandparents and has had numerous experiences, but she doesn't like to talk about some of them. She has taken photos of objects in the sky and has described their strange maneuvers. One craft seemingly breaking into three, then back to one. Unfortunately, the pictures only look like a small dot in the sky. I always keep my eyes toward the sky when I'm out there. Now, I'm no longer afraid of the little gray man, and I hope to see him again. Who knows, maybe I will. Well, thanks for taking time to read my story. I hope you enjoyed it. I've got more to share with you at a later time. Well, thank you, Atlanta, for that story. That, that's an interesting story because you don't normally hear people talking about the dreams they had. It's more like the experiences that they've had. So I, I look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Early on, Alana referred to the Hynek scale. The system of classification behind it first suggested in astronomer and UFO researcher J. Allen Hynek's 1972 book, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry. In ufology, a close encounter, 
is an event in which a person witnesses an unidentified flying object. Categories beyond Hynek's original three have been added by others, but have not gained universal acceptance, mainly because they lack the scientific rigor that Hynek aimed at to bring to ufology. Sightings more than 500 feet from the witness are classified as daylight disks or nocturnal lights or radar visual reports. Sightings within about 500 feet are subclassified as various types of close encounters. Heineck and others argued that a claimed close encounter must occur within about 500 feet to greatly reduce or eliminate the possibility of misidentifying conventional aircraft or other known phenomena. Hynek's scale became well known after being referenced in the 1977 film Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is named after the third level of the scale. Posters for the film featured the three levels of the scale, and Hynek himself makes a cameo appearance near the end of the film. Hynek devised a six-fold classification for UFO sightings, and they are arranged according to increasing proximity. Anything over 500 feet away is not considered a close encounter. Again, we have nocturnal lights, which are lights in the night sky. We have daylight discs, UFOs seen in the daytime generally having discoidal or oval shapes. Radar visual, UFO reports that have radar confirmation. These seem to offer harder evidence that the objects are real, although radar propagation can often be unreliable. Close encounters of the first kind, visual sightings of an unidentified flying object seemingly less than 500 feet away that show an appreciable angular extension and considerable detail. Close encounters of the second kind is a UFO event in which a physical effect is alleged. This can be interference in the functioning of a vehicle or electronic device, animals reacting, or psychological effects such as paralysis or heat and discomfort in the witness, or some physical trace like impressions in the ground, scorched or otherwise affected vegetation, or a chemical trace. In Puerto Rico, we call ourselves Boricua. We are proud, passionate, and full of life. On our island, adventure finds you. Strangers aren't strangers for long. The size of the audience doesn't change the beauty of the music. And we celebrate every last ray of sun. Live Boricua. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Close encounters of the third kind represent UFO encounters in which an animated creature is present. These include humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. 
The Bletcher Subtypes The UFO researcher Ted Bletcher proposed six subtypes for the close encounters of the third kind in Hynek's scale. A. An entity is observed only inside the UFO. B. An entity is observed inside and outside the UFO. C. An entity is observed near to a UFO but not going in or out. D. An entity is observed. No UFOs are seen by the observer, but UFO activity has been reported in the area at about the same time. E. An entity is observed, but no UFOs are seen and no UFO activity has been reported in the area at that time. And F. No entity or UFOs are observed, but the subject experiences some kind of intelligent communication. There are extensions to Dr. Heineck's scale. Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind is a UFO event in which a human is abducted by a UFO or its occupants. This type was not included in Heineck's original Close Encounter scale. Heineck's erstwhile associate, Jacques Valley, argued in the Journal of Scientific Exploration that the fourth kind should refer to cases when witnesses experienced a transformation of their sense of reality, so as to also include non-abduction cases where absurd, hallucinatory, or dreamlike events are associated with UFO encounters. The film The Fourth Kind makes reference to this category, although there are those who claim the movie is just badly done and dismissible fiction. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind a UFO event that involves direct communication between aliens and humans. This type of close encounter was named by Stephen Greer's C. SETI group and is described as bilateral contact experiences through conscious, voluntary, and proactive human-initiated cooperative communication with extraterrestrial intelligence. Close encounters of the sixth kind. Death of a human or animal associated with UFO sighting, although some might consider this as a more severe example of a second kind encounter. Close encounters of the seventh kind. The creation of a human-alien hybrid, either by sexual reproduction or by artificial scientific methods. Are you worried about being abducted by aliens? I suspect it will cross the mind of some of you that alien abduction is a possibility. After all, Many people worldwide have claimed to have been abducted by aliens, been taken against their will to an alien spacecraft or enclosed place, questioned or physically examined, and they remember those experiences either consciously or through methods such as hypnosis. Indeed, many of those people who claim to be alien abductees are seemingly sincere, psychologically healthy, and non-psychotic people. So are their experiences real and their claims to have been abducted true? I don't know. Professor Rich McNally and his colleagues at Harvard have spent over 10 years researching the psychology of alien abductees and in particular, why it is that some people embrace the identity of alien abductee. His research has isolated a number of traits possessed by alien abductees 
each of which he argues contributes to the experiences they recall when being abducted and to the desire to cling on to their belief that aliens were responsible for their abduction experiences. Let's take a look at each of these five traits. Number one is regularly experiencing sleep paralysis and hallucinations when awake, or when awakening, rather. Many people who have reported alien abduction suffer episodes of early morning sleep paralysis. On awakening from this paralysis, their terror gives rise to hallucinations of flashing lights and buzzing sounds. Some experience feelings of floating around the room or seeing figures in the room. While many people interpret these post-sleep paralysis experiences as dreaming, some people interpret these experiences as seeing figures, ghosts, or aliens. Number two, a tendency to recall false memories. In an elegant set of experimental studies, McNally and colleagues found that individuals who claimed to have been abducted by aliens were prone to what is known as false memory syndrome. That is, alien abductees regularly claimed to recall words, items, sentences, etc. in memory tests that they had never actually seen before. If this false memory effect can be generalized to autobiographical memories, then individuals who claim to have been abducted by aliens would be twice as likely to falsely remember things that had never happened to them than would non-abductees. Number three, high levels of absorption. Alien abductees also score significantly higher than most people on the mental characteristic known as absorption. This is a trait related to fantasy proneness, vivid imagery, and susceptibility to hypnosis and suggestion. Because of this, it is probably not surprising that many alien abductees recall their experiences under hypnosis where memories of abduction can be induced through suggestibility, especially if the person leading the hypnosis session asks particularly leading questions about abduction. Number four, New Age Beliefs. Being whisked up into spaceships by tractor beams or light sources is not something that happens every day, nor is it something that is easily explainable within our existing knowledge of physics. Similarly, being subjected to imaginative medical procedures requires a tendency to accept unusual and non-mainstream ideas. This is also a trait possessed by alien abductees. They score highly on measures of magical ideation and endorse New Age ideas that encompass beliefs about alternative medicines and healing, astrology, and fortune-telling. Such beliefs would certainly allow the individual to accept things happening to them that would be dismissed by existing scientific knowledge. Number five, a familiarity with the cultural narrative of mental health problems. Alien abduction experiences often deepen spiritual awareness and give shape to the identities of abductees and provide a basis for their beliefs about the world and the universe. Whether the experiences of abduction were real or not, the experiences and interpretations adopted by alien abductees are often psychologically helpful and can be spiritually comforting. Finally, a note of caution. All of these studies of alien abductees were carried out after they had their abduction experiences, 
So it's difficult to know whether these five traits are consequences of the experiences or were, as McNally suggests, factors that led individuals to interpret rather earthly experiences, such as sleep paralysis and hallucinations, as evidence of abduction. And then, perhaps fantastically, can we genuinely rule out the possibility that such traits are implanted in their victims by aliens in invasive medical procedures carried out on alien spaceships? My own skeptical mind says probably not, but who knows. I have said in the past that I believe in UFOs because I've seen two, possibly three. And I don't know why, but I cannot see people from a different planet, from a different time zone, from a different dimension coming to Earth. I just don't see it. I, I don't have that much belief. But people who have these encounters and have these dreams, and Alana, I am not dismissing your dreams by any means whatsoever because they're your experiences. I haven't had any like that. So... I cannot say that these people don't know what they're talking about because they're the ones that had those experiences. But as I've said, I've had two, possibly three UFO experiences and I've talked about them before, but I would like to tell about them again in a way to close off this session. When I was in high school, I lived in a town called Lexington, Texas, which is in the heart of Texas, uh, east of Austin west of Bryan College Station and the nearest town that we had anything to go do something in was Rockdale which they had a drive-in theater well one summer evening I was going from Lexington to Rockdale to go to the movies and I went over a long field uh, there was a creek running through the field and there's a bridge over the creek and just a long straightaway and I looked off to the sunset and there was a silver sphere about an inch above the horizon and while I was watching because I slowed down and I, I was paying attention there wasn't anybody else on the road while I was watching a smaller sphere shot out to the north of this silver sphere it went out a little ways and then came back and I liken it to someone throwing a yo-yo out in front of them and pulling it back well, I, I happened to go where there were trees between me and it. And when I came out to a clear view, the item was gone. So I have no idea what that was. So technically, that was the classic UFO. It was unidentified, it was flying, and it was an object or two. Well, it seems that my UFO experiences take place revolving around that drive-in theater because one night a friend and I were watching a movie at the theater and suddenly he said something to look up and I looked up where the windshield of my car would come to the roof there was a space of about six inches between the line there and the line at the top of the drive-in theater screen and we watched as a silent I would say v-shaped object slowly floated over the top of the screen. I don't know how far away it was or how close it was, but it was big. And it looked like the leading edge of this thing was painted like a gray color. 
because the rest of it was black. I don't know if it was a triangular shape, but what I saw was V-shaped. And it went on over the screen, and I don't know that anybody else in the theater saw it because there was no reaction from the crowd. But we both saw it. We both acknowledged that we saw it. So that's my second UFO experience. And my third took place a lot earlier when I was still a child. And the house that I grew up in, my bedroom was on the western end of the house. And I shared it with my three brothers who were still home at the time. We had a garage made of galvanized steel just outside of our southern window. And there were trees growing up beside the garage. They weren't big, they were just small shrubbery type trees. But one night, my brother and I woke up, one of my brothers and I woke up to a bright light shining on the side of the garage. And it looked like it was coming from the south. I'm sorry, that's not right. From the west. Because the the shadow of the trees were to the east on the wall of the garage. Now we looked out our western window and there was nothing out in the backyard, nothing in the sky, nothing in the back field that would be shining a light like that. So I have absolutely no idea what that was. And we didn't wait for it to go away. We went back to sleep. What else were we going to do? And um, that was my, what I think may have been my third experience with the UFO so, do I believe in UFOs? Yes, because I've seen them. Do I believe in aliens? Not quite. Did Atlanta have this dream? Yeah, she did. She said she did. And I believe her. I believe her story. I believe the veracity of her story. I don't question the thing about it. But until I have a, a my own little alien encounter, I'm going to hold off total judgment on it okay well folks that's uh that's this week's show this is the last episode of season two my next episode will be the first episode of season three of terry's mysterious moments i want to thank you all for listening for these last two years and hope you enjoy the rest of the shows remember on Mondays, you can listen to Aaron Hunter with the Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. On Tuesdays, you can listen to Aaron Frail with Aaron's Horror Show. On Wednesdays, you can listen to me, Terry's Mysterious Moments. And we're proud to have back Patrick Sean Jones with the Sandman Lullaby. On Thursdays or alternating Thursdays or whenever he puts a show out. Glad to have him back. Things are moving right along with the RPA family, and I I appreciate being a part of it. And I'm glad you're a part of it, too. So listen next week, okay? Have a good one. Bye-bye.